Later on, as we come to the end of the talks, when I do a little bit more about the meaning and theology of the Mass or the Eucharist, I will try to emphasize the fact that that gift does require our response. But it is God's free gift to us in Christ, which elicits a response, the only true response, worthy response of the Christian, and that response is gratitude, thanksgiving. And that gives us our meaning of the Eucharist. The word Eucharist comes from the Greek meaning thanksgiving. What's the purpose of the Mass? I can sum it up right now at the very beginning. The purpose of the Mass is to enable us to become grateful people, to become Eucharistic people. One of the major questions that I need to ask myself when I think about the Mass is, how can I become a Eucharistic person? How can I become more grateful, more thankful? Because that, above every other motivation for the Christian, above guilt or fear, above any other motivation, the only really worthy motivation of the Christian is thanksgiving gratitude for what God has done for us, the magnitude of the gift that God has given to us in Christ. In the Eucharist, we become what we began to become in baptism, members of the body of Christ, members of the body of Christ. The Mass is a many-faceted jewel. You know, when you take a look at a beautiful jewel, you can't really capture all of its beauty, if you look at only one facet, if you look at it from only one angle, you have to turn it around. You have to treasure it. You have to ponder it. And that's true of the Mass itself. And that's why we'll be talking about so many different aspects of the Mass. Let me say a word about the basic dynamic of Christian prayer before I get into the names of the Mass and then talk about the parts of the Mass and our Lord Jesus and the origins of the Eucharist. The basic dynamic of Christian prayer is true for all Christian prayer, and that is gift and response. Gift and response. God always has the priority. God is the one who gives, and we are the ones who respond to that gift. Later on, I'll give you some technical names for that in one of the subsequent talks. The Mass because it is so many-faceted, has a number of different names, has had a number of different names throughout history. The word Mass itself is a rather odd one. It really comes from the last words of the old Latin Mass, ite missa est. Go, it is the sending. The Mass as a whole took its name from the fact that Christians were dismissed, sent into the world to live it uh, as they left the liturgical service. The other main name for Mass is one that I've already mentioned, and that is the Eucharist, Thanksgiving. Many churches call the Mass Holy Communion, from that aspect of the Mass, which brings us into most intimate contact uh, with the Lord, our sharing in the body and blood of Christ, and our sharing with one another in becoming the body of Christ. Another name for the Mass this one a bit strange, perhaps new to you, is the word anaphora. Anaphora means lifting up. It comes from the Greek. It's the word, the name given 
to the Eucharistic prayer in the Eastern churches. And finally, the Lord's Supper is another popular name for the Mass, especially among Protestants. Let me say something about the parts of the Mass. There are two basic parts of the Mass, which, as the Constitution on the Liturgy in Vatican II said, are intimately connected. The Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist. As I'll emphasize later on, Christ is really present, as Pope Paul VI said, really present in both of those parts of the liturgy of the Mass. Let's turn to the origins of the Mass in the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to start with not the Last Supper, which is the usual way,